Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, uh, we've got uh, a hip hop artist, producer, um, the guy that made my business cards, uh, which I'm really, really thankful for. Uh, he goes by the artist name DJ Afro. Um, we got Sam Vasquez. Pleasure. How you guys doing? Huh. Um, I'm sure they're doing fine, uh, all of them in the camera right yeah. there. <laughs> um, oh. God damn it, what is it? I spill so much beer on the show. I I'd imagine. Mm. Uh, but that tastes really good um, after the, the day today. Uh, yeah, how was your day today, man? Not bad. I've just been uh, slash working a little bit and managing everything that I'm going through at the moment, you know, besides all the music and, uh, you know, just life problems. Sure, totally. Yeah, I feel that. Um, you know, I just moved the other day and, like, it's still kind of weird, like, um, like I moved into a place that was already occupied. Like I, I found a roommate on Craigslist, mm -hmm. and so my house, like the house, is already like all put together, yeah. and now I have to kind of learn where everything is now, and I have to start feeding cats now. Um, do you like cats? Yeah, um, I'm actually a big dog person, but I've had a couple of cats growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have to remember to like start feeding them and uh, uh, you know just taking care of them before I go out at night and shit. Yeah, but, extra responsibility. Yeah, yeah. But um, but my new roommate is very very wonderful. I'm real excited to be living in River West now. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, so everyone just has context for you know who watches this. Um, just a little bit about everything that you're currently involved in creative wise. Okay, well, I'm actually trying to build on a lot of different ideas, but the main thing that I'm focused on is the music and the progression of that and how I've been doing that. Because ever since I was like, say 16, I knew I wanted to produce music. And I was like, after high school, whenever I get some money, that's exactly what I'm going to invest in. So time progressed, and that's kind of how I slowly built my own little repertoire, working on music, producing, and I started with a FL studio. Mm -hmm. you know, so I built from that and really helped a lot, formulate a lot of things and helped me understand music more in-depthly and pretty much started from there started my group uh, a couple years back and now uh, we're actually pretty getting a pretty decent buzz and, and what's your uh, group called? Southside Trapping so there's a couple group members me and pretty much all my brothers and a good friend of ours so it's all in the family and it's really cool because the music besides our own interests keeps us close you know totally it's really awesome yeah so how does um so how does that's always kind of interesting um when like you know there's uh siblings or family that are um also involved in like a creative project together how do you like kind of um find um like the the silver lining between like um like being family and being creatives together yeah. like do you like, what are the yeah, challenges what makes it easy what are some of the challenges i guess well, uh, it can be, you know, give and take sometimes, you know, I've had to like learn to be very patient with them because I know exactly how my brothers are, you know, they're my blood siblings. So, you know, I try to be as patient as possible and really work with them to help them understand their selves, their behaviors and shit so we could like work together and 
get past whatever it might be, whether we're being too prideful at times or you know, thinking something a certain way based on our own perception. Mm -hmm. So I think that fact that we're all together and are able to like pick on each other's bad things and good things, we work together to build each other up. It's really awesome. Awesome, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so, um, so uh, what have you guys uh, like um, been putting out so far? You know, have you guys been putting on shows and stuff? Um, actually, the last show that we did was during the winter, and it was a little bit after uh, the summer season, probably like August or November-ish, and it was at the Miramar. We uh, booked it through Afton Booking, just this quick little website, and uh, it wasn't too much. You know, we paid a little fee and sold a bunch of tickets, so we performed our little 20-minute slot, and it was really fun. I actually enjoyed it, and just after seeing how everything was and the payout, I was like, well, I kind of want something more just seeing what we're going for, the quality of our music and everything. So since then, we haven't done any shows, but we've been producing a lot of music and trying to be consistent with how we release stuff. Mm -hmm. I came up, I kind of came up with a formula for releasing just certain music on certain platforms where like every week or every other week I would release something and try to promote it or go through other things like that and seeing how that would turn out. And those based on those turnouts, you know, build upon those ideas and really come together with more stuff. Yeah. What do you find works with promoting? Um, really just genuineness. Like no matter where you're going, through a company, through a person, uh, just being genuine and, and you know, explaining situations and stuff, it gets you, you know, a little bit farther than other ways of trying to go about things because people can be understanding and compassionate at times, sometimes not, but uh, in general if you just be genuine things really more or less turn out better. Definitely, um, yeah, I agree. Because like, um, making it personal uh, definitely helps a lot. Um, I used to help uh, promote some events because uh, my roommates were in a recording studio like two years ago, and um, I used to help them with promoting events like around the UWM campus and around the East Side, and definitely making an interaction as personal as possible like just letting him letting them know that like you know this is like this is like authentically who i am and you know this is kind of my this is our like sort of slated goal for the show yeah. um what you can expect from it like you know if it's for you we'd love to have you there but if not totally understandable like you know you're free to change your mind whatever but like it's um it's definitely like it, it's like for one it's like we have all walked past those people that are trying to like uh you know hand out their mixtapes like on, yeah. the, on the street or like trying to like sell you something trying to trying to like make you like donate money for something that you know you're you not necessarily sure like what it is what you can trust like we've all run into people like that like on the streets and stuff and like you know they don't really people like that just don't they don't really care who you are they just want people to like give them money yeah um which you know it's fine if like you're making music and like you know you like like you're trying to promote it and like that's that's a bigger that's more than i can say for a lot of people yeah but um but a lot of the people that do that kind of lack like a genuine interaction like that are good at sort of acknowledging people like uh properly and respectfully and sort of 
you know, finding some sort of like commonality that they can find that they can relate to that person yeah, with. That's absolutely. a big part. I think it takes a, a lot, really, like recognition and acknowledgement within that. Because, like I said, with the genuineness, if you come at someone, you know, with just pure hearted shit, whether it's, I guess, yourself doing something, going out there, talking to people, or you're talking to people online, email, trying to conversate with someone in a corporation, that stuff just takes you further and it's a lot easier to connect with them and build within those connections, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and then where did the, uh, like, so as I mentioned earlier, you made my business card, so uh, where did uh, that kind of come into the equation? Like, where did you start doing stuff like that? Well, um, actually, as weird as it is, I actually didn't get into that exact state of mind until certain other things in my life started happening where I almost had no choice and like no other outlet to creatively get out the feelings and the stuff that I was doing. So I kind of went back to the basics and stuff that I know I, I used to be able to do and just watching what other people were doing and being inspired by that. Like a huge inspiration for me was a, a good friend of mine, Oliver Prime. You know, he works a lot with Enrique and they got their little businesses together. But as he was coming up and doing his own little thing singularly, I was like working with him trying to build my own little ideas and stuff and he helped me. He bought, I bought a shirt order for him and he uh, did our first little shirts for Southside Trap and they were really nice oh, wow. and I was very thankful for it. But within that, I built upon that idea and I realized like it's a lot bigger than what a lot of us see and what we're uh, projected to, you know. So we have to like look for more opportunities and different ways to just do what we want to do and, you know, create the reality we want. Totally. Yeah, like, I mean... Yeah, like uh, it's it's like whether or not they actually use it, it's still kind of just cool to like. Well, this is something that um, you know, just uh, it's just a small tangible item that uh, just uh, has my name on it, that has my description on it, and what I do, and like you know, whoever happens to stumble upon this, who knows if I can help them or if they might be able to help me. Yeah. Um, I've actually been really bad about like actually passing them out. Um, I've like I have like a small stack outside over there. Like uh, when you first walk into High Five, um, I don't think anyone has ever grabbed one. But it's still cool. Like I don't know. Like it's something. It's cool because like at networking events, like you know, business cards are always such a huge component of it. Um, you know, it's that's kind of like a big part of it. Is like. I feel like I don't necessarily like um, utilize uh, business cards as much as I should because a lot of times my instinct is always to like connect with somebody over social media. So yeah. like I try to like find them on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, and I'll reach out to them that way. But usually the business card will have their number on it, so then or an email. Um, so which. I don't know. I guess like social media, like I, I feel like I've, it's been made really easy to make connections that way. But not everyone is going to be responsive. Like you know, when you're yeah. sending them some message on Facebook, like sometimes like when you actually actively say like, "Hey, I know you through your business card." Like I can like like th they kind of know your intentions a lot more easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's hard to get a, a feel for emotions or really anything between conversations over like the internet. That's why they kind of made emojis because like people weren't able to express 
how they were saying things and there's a lot of misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And I realized a lot of that coming up because I like calling people on the phone and talking to them, like understanding how they feel based on how they respond and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, 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 a lot of times it depends on the context of the interaction. Um, gen generally, I, I hate talking on the phone, like especially if it's something like setting something up or something. At that point, I'd much rather just text. Um, because you just kind of you're in that safety net where like oh I don't have to like use my actual voice I don't have to like um, uh, I don't have to like enhance this with emotion or anything yeah but um, but at the end of the day the best way to do it is always like um, meeting someone in person and setting something like up something up so which has been made very possible by you know all the networking opportunities that are done by not only here at Hi-Fi Studio, but also Backline, NK Linkup, mm -hmm. Newwalkie, um, you know, various other, uh, you know, creative-centric uh, companies or organizations that, you know, are doing great with integrating the city's community. Mm -hmm. What I've noticed uh, is that it's kind of hard to find the exact same type of like-minded people as you, especially when you're very progressive in such a like rugged environment, you know, depending on where you live in the city. Some places are harsher than others, but still we all go through a lot of stuff and the environment really has a lot to do with how we react and how we deal with things. And, you know, at a point, it can get to a point where you can't see, you know, what's actually past, you know, the hedge or something like that, where there's a lot more opportunity and things that you wouldn't even believe, but, you know, you're not being exposed to it or projected to it. Mm -hmm. So like it's it's always good to try to get out and just figure out things even if you don't know where to go or how to do something you know you gotta figure out some way if it's not if some way that you're doing is not working and you know that then you wouldn't continue to try to do it you know yeah absolutely um, so music wise um, so you have a couple songs out on Spotify um, you have uh, your new song uh, Moonwalking on SoundCloud. Um, I guess what's the uh, what was the sort of um, the premise behind that song? Well, um, how Moonwalking came about it was probably written maybe like a year and a half ago. Like me and my brothers, we try to time manage everything based on just whatever the heck we're going through in life because we all have separate lives and kids and things to deal with. So um, that really came about just based on how my oldest brother was feeling and all the stuff that he was going through, and. I don't know how he just projected out on the beat. We actually got that beat and a couple other ones from KE on the track, and that came through just some networking through Instagram and stuff like that. So we had the beats for a while, we didn't use them, and then uh, just one day we were in my brother's house a couple of years ago, and he just made the songs based on how he was feeling, and it was really cool. And we put it together, and since then I've been working on everything, mixing and mastering, and becoming progressively better with everything that we do. Sure, awesome. Do you feel like, I know you guys are sort of like a, you're like a collective of sorts. So yeah. um, how would you like say, like you're, do you guys have like sort of designated roles like within each the group? Or um, you guys kind of all sort of like share a lot of the same responsibilities? It's kind of sort of based on just uh, what we're able to do because like I said, the kids and all that stuff really takes a burden on being able to manage the time wisely. So we kind of just pick up on each other but for like most of the main, like let's say technological stuff, internet stuff, I really deal with most of that because I'm just tech savvy and it's not too hard for me to manage that 
but like musically coming together, uh, you know, find time to do stuff. We all collaborate and work on that together, figure all this stuff out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your um? I guess like uh, what? What's been like your favorite part of uh, performing with them so far? Really, just um, you know, not only the camaraderie and closeness that I have with my brothers, but just the progression, because like it's very fulfilling to be able to creatively express yourself no matter which way you do it. You could dance, you could sing, you could draw, whatever. But the fulfillment that you get from knowing that you're getting out that expression and people are enjoying it, you know, it's very, very fulfilling. Especially when you don't have many other outlets, you know, like I'm not gonna be the type of person to negatively go about anything with other people based on things I'm going through. So you find a creative way to like feel that and use it, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's why I, it, it's all about sort of, a lot of it comes from, you know, finding the right people, finding like-minded people that have similar goals, similar outlooks on life, um, and it's trial and error a lot of the time, like, kind of finding your uh, grounding with uh, said crowd, but, um, yeah, it's, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, there's, there's really a lot to look forward to in Milwaukee, um, with just how how much explosive energy there's been in the music scene, Definitely. and how a lot of us are on that same page. Now, speaking of which, um, so I want to talk about some more less than fortunate um, uh, stuff that's been going on. So, did you hear about what happened at the Miramar the other night? No. Uh, there was a shooting. Um, there was a shooting where. Um, Three people were shot. Uh, no one was like, there were no fatalities or anything, but um, there was like some kind of like a hip hop showcase going on at the Miramar, and um, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. I was not there, but um, there was, but it ended with shots being fired, and it like the shooting happened outside of the Miramar, but um, it, you know, still like, uh, you know, it. It was very unfortunate and also terrifying that it happened, like, literally right down the street. Yeah. And that also being said, um, there was also, like, a shooting a couple weeks ago, like, you know, right outside the garage on Brady Street. Um, you know, there's just, there's been a lot of instances of, like, gun violence. And yeah. a lot of it is, um, I, th I think that a lot of it is um, very ingrained in... You know, just uh, just the willfulness of like hurting somebody or intimidating somebody, um, sort of like uh, I mean, that's kind of the root of like a lot of violence and and other um, acts of hate that go on. But mm -hmm. but it's been happening in our own community, and it's kind of terrifying, and it's also really sad because I mean, like I fucking hate violence, and I wish that like. Especially because Milwaukee is on the come up musically and everything. Like when that happened specifically at a Milwaukee-based music event, um, you know, show like designed to showcase what you know a lot of these artists are doing. Then it it kind of like uh, it sort of sets us back, you know, when things like that happen. Yeah. Um, so I guess like uh, I was wondering what you feel. Um, you know, like you, what you feel, like what your, some of your reactions are to like stuff like that going on around. Um, I mean, I really think it's always 
disheartening and saddening to hear about any sort of shooting or active violence like that because a lot of it's just like misunderstood emotions and stuff that people go through no matter which way it's coming at them. And uh, it's also very saddening because like the music tip and like you were saying, you know, it could go from a point where we're making such progress and stuff that now based on other people's uh, actions, you know, we could be at a standstill or regress in a sense of progression, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, we definitely don't need that, but in terms of just like how everything should be, I think uh, it'd be better if the people that are really there for the true purpose and the intention of music, whatever it be, good, bad, gangster, hip hop, whatever, R&B, you know, that it takes uh, the right amount of, I guess you say fortitude, like mentally and uh, physically, you know, to do what you gotta do and make sure that you get your point across without, I guess you say, overstepping boundaries. Because mm -hmm. like you said, a lot of stuff is, intimidation tactics, people really trying to get over on each other, or prove dominance or power of whatever the heck it might be. But a lot of it's just, you know, ignorant mindsets and things of those nature. Because I feel a lot of things don't need violence to be solved out, you know. It's always been like that for me in my life. I've, I haven't gotten into too many fights, but I haven't needed to because, you know, I just have a different way of going about things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like. Um, and I know like a lot of venues are also intimidated by the thought of hosting hip-hop shows. Um, like I know like this was the first hip-hop show that the Miramar was like that they like welcomed back after some time. And um, and then I know like there's some other venues like uh, Quarters, like in River West, uh, doesn't host hip-hop shows anymore. Um, like I don't think I really see any hip-hop shows that, you know, a good handful of venues that go on. So, like, why do you feel like that is? Like, why do you feel like people get I mean, intimidated by it? Really, I feel like uh, for the people that love hip-hop and enjoy that, they uh, indulge in certain different things of it. And people that listen to it, they listen for different things, you know, whether it be, like, intentionally or not. You know, a lot of stuff gets soaked up, and they can't even differentiate, more or less, between what they do, what they want, and how they connect that with the artists or the people that they're listening to. So some things might be misinterpreted, some things just might be understood however they perceive it, and they, they go with that. Like, you know, a lot of stuff is connections and walk of life, so they feel like they can relate to this person, then they're gonna like, you know, really indulge in that. You know, and it could go either way within mm -hmm. that. But uh, I think overall, in terms of hip hop, the music isn't really too bad, but it's more about I guess the purpose and the message behind it. You know, regardless of if you're talking about nitty and gritty stuff or even clean rap, you know, it's really about the purpose and what you're trying to do with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, I hear people, like, you know, I, I mean, like, I love hip hop music, you know, like, um, hip hop music is great. I know so many fantastic uh, artists that uh, indulge in that. Um, style of music like that are right here in Milwaukee and um and I think that like and I think that like you know there's been conversations about like subject matter that gets uh that's prevalent in a lot of hip-hop music like whether yeah. it be like you know guns or violence or drugs or you know money slash materialism like a lot of that is a lot like a lot of that is kind of prevalent in hip-hop music um and a lot of that stuff is sort of um seen as like a those are kind of um 
all those things are kind of symbolisms of like things like power and wealth and stuff. Um, I so like, do you think it's it's more of a matter of the artists that are like sort of projecting like these messages slash images like in their lyrics or in their music videos or anything or do you think it's more of a problem with the way fans are responding to it? Probably like a mixture of both really because you know some things can be like I said misinterpreted and misunderstood just between people's perceptions but also besides the content uh, you know the, the purpose behind it means more of it and uh, I guess whether someone's seeing what's going on behind the scenes or not, they're going to always go about things a certain way just based on how they feel. So, um, you know, with hip-hop music, it's very, I guess you could say, line-crossing because you, you want to decide, like, okay, do I want to be like the good guy or the bad guy? Do I want to represent this or represent that? And really, to me, music is a reflection of self, so it's just about reflecting yourself and how mm -hmm. you feel about things regardless of sure, how anyone yeah. else you know, might feel about it. Yeah, because I remember, like, so, like, I'm from the Chicago area, and, like, I remember, so, like, Chief Keef was, like, you know, really big yeah. um, back in, like, 2012, 2013, and, um, you know, like, my friends and I loved Chief Keef. <laughs> um, his music was a lot of fun to listen to, um, but um, there was a lot of concern uh, by people, you know, that were both in and outside of the music scene that were worried about just kind of what, what he was representing. I think that like, you know, it's not necessarily like, oh, like he's rapping about guns or, or like, uh, you know, or money or drugs, whatever. Like it's not, like a lot of that like happens like you know in the subject matter in like rap music but it's kind of what you said earlier it's a lot of it a lot of it has to do with like what you're raised around what you grew up under like mm -hmm. you know what you know and like how this is kind of the reality that you are um, this is kind of the reality that you've been brought up with and and your making music is your way of speaking to that and it's not a, it's, it shouldn't be like, you know, like I, I get that it's dicey, but it, it's also like, you know, I mean, if there's any way to convey like how you feel or just, you know, what you value in life based on living around those surroundings and that being music, then I mean, like, I feel like that's a better way of doing it than, you know, going around and like, you know, shooting guns and and like slinging drugs and stuff which a lot of people have had to do mm -hmm. in order to like survive or to be safe whatever like it's a really it's a really dicey lifestyle um that a lot of artists such as chief keith have come from yeah so um so like, like i don't think it's necessarily like it's not really all, all like that the artist it's themselves is problematic it's more of like it's, it's about like the culture that they're raised in, mm -hmm. which is which they're a product of. Um, so I think that um, you know we we can't be so quick to make we we can't we can't be making we can't be swift to be making 
moral judgments on an artist based on everything they're rapping about if you know this is who they are as a person yeah. be because of like you know what you know their life has looked like and a lot of artists not even just hip-hop artists like all kinds of music musicians make that's a lot of oh that's a, that's the way they cope in a lot of ways is yeah. whether it's rock music pop music soul um, punk music like a lot of all that stuff is like based on personal experiences and just you know what you were raised with you know reality wise mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting thing too how uh, people like build onto that regardless of like your background or where you might have came from because like I grew up on the north side of Milwaukee when I was first growing up going to school elementary all that and that's like dang near the worst side of town, you know, like we're deep, deep on the north side. It's gunshots every night, sirens, all that. And we just became accustomed to it. But even within that, you know, I've learned a different way of being than being the same way like as the people around me in that environment. So, you know, it, it really takes, you know, determination and knowledge to like see things as it comes no matter which way you know, you're living, which walk of life, how much things that you deal with, because everybody deals with things, rich or poor, but uh, how you use that knowledge, how you learn these lessons and articulate that into like your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, um, and it's, a lot of it is systemic. Um, it's not going away overnight. Um, and it has to do with a lot of the, the socioeconomic and political climates that we live under that have caused people to make rash decisions or to value this or that um, or to you know just uh, look at life in different ways because it's just, this is our reality this is a, a reality that encapsulates everyone that lives under it including us um, so um, so I think that in general like you know, People shouldn't like automatically assume that like an artist himself is is like you know an issue because of like things that they're rapping about that might be deemed like offensive. I mean, if, for one, if like if you're just straight up rapping about killing people or like willfully like you know violating people or 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 you know actually like you know going out and attacking people, then then yeah, like at that point it's like you're crossing a line. You're like actually like, you know, you're like you're if you say you're gonna do something like in one of your songs, then like, you know, for one that's hard to misinterpret. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, like you know, and you have like artists like uh, N.W.A. and and like that made you know, straight out of Compton and, and, uh, fuck the police. Like they made those songs based on their own personal experiences under the conditions that they grew under. Mm -hmm. And like, instead of like, you know, trying to suppress them, like a lot of people did at the time, you know, why don't we actually listen to like what they were saying in the song to see how we can apply that to better the system. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of stuff that people bring out, you know, definitely is, you know, truth based on whatever they're dealing with or their perception. And some people creatively put that stuff into their music as well, which is like a closer angle towards what I try to do. Cause I like to creatively put messages and other things that only people of maybe higher intellects would understand. 
in such an ingenious way that literally only people that look at things a certain way will be able to understand it. I think that's always ingenious. Uh, a good example of what you're talking about as well. I remember when uh, Eminem was coming out and Marilyn Manson was making a lot of music. He had a lot of chastisement as well, just based on what he was talking about. But if you knew Marilyn Manson as a person, you would know like he's not actually as bad as people try to make him out to be. So, you know, I feel like regardless of even the content of what you're doing or making musically, you know, sometimes you're gonna become crucified just based on whatever might be going on mm -hmm. in the environment, you know, the society, the things that are going on, the prevalent nature of the imagery. things. Yeah, the imagery you're associated with. Um, so on that note, um, so what are some, I guess, like some of your plans for the rest of 2019 with um, your brothers and Southside Trappin'? Well, um, for the music, we actually want to finish coming out with our group tape. We've been literally working on the group tape for like two years or something like that. And have just wanted to come up with the best quality of everything because we were recording with a lot less better equipment. Now we're recording with a lot better equipment. So finding the mix in between that, come out with a group tape, come out with a singular EP for my older brother and uh, things that he's doing with uh, his little record deal. And my other middle brother, who also you know is in the group, He's coming up with his own singular thing that he's doing, and he's getting a lot of beats from uh, Richie South, you know, who's a producer that works with Future. So uh, it's very exciting. And, um, you know, just after listening to some of the instrumentals and stuff, I'm super excited and just ready to produce and engineer this stuff and just move forward with that. So I guess as the summer progresses and I continue to just work my job, work on the music, mix it together, and release things as I see fit, you know, and totally. put it together. Yeah. So, if you guys are from the north side, why are you called south side traffic? <laughs> well, uh, funny story, you know, we were born on the north side, raised on that side of town, and pretty much around the cusp of us becoming adults, we all moved out of our mom's house, you know, at separate times, and then we pretty much all, like, reconverged on the south side of town. Like, my oldest brother moved out, he was 16, my older brother moved out, he was 17, and we're all a year apart. I moved out when I was 17, so things just kind of subsequently fell in order. They found a couple of houses to stay at in the south side and then when I became you know the age of an adult I went straight from high school to college and I was living with my mom but I used like half of my federal refund check that I was supposed to use for books and stuff to pay for this house on the south side and that's really like where me and my brothers came back together and reconvened you know I bought studio equipment and we just started like you know living together and building on ideas and stuff together so I feel like that had a lot to do with it because that was when the big major deal of events was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of different success for us musically, uh, you know, financially, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it grew from that little small amount of stuff, but it's become a lot bigger now. It's more of a movement, you know, because Southside Trapping, it's not just like the group name that we're dealing with. It's more of a, a movement, a progression from uh, having to live a certain type of lifestyle, a, a different, you know, walk of life. Okay. All right, we got DJ Afro. Now let's look at that. Look at that Afro. How's it going? <laughs> um, all right, Sam, what puts you to, or excuse me, first question. What keeps you up at night? Um, really just wanting to be more and progress more and not having sometimes the mental or physical energy to, because like I want to do a lot of things and I know I don't have much time because I want to keep progressing and moving forward in life and just reaping the benefits, but you know, we all have our, our limits, and we just got to keep managing time and doing stuff t as it comes. That's kind of what keeps me up. I'll put you to sleep. I'll put you to sleep.
puts me to sleep? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know, sometimes if I have a running mind, I like to listen to calm music, just uh, try to open my mind and ease that way, maybe smoke a couple blunts or something. There you uh, go. If that doesn't work, then I just keep my mind occupied until my body starts to fall asleep, you know, play video games or something. There you go. Thanks for being on the show, brother. Dude, anytime. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Sam Vasquez, DJ Afro, uh, Southside Trappin'. Uh, keep an eye out for uh, the moves they're making, music coming out, shows. Um, and you still making business cards? Yes. All, right. all types of freelancing business. Business cards, vinyl, if you want stuff on your windows, your car, card magnets, posters, anything like that. You can free floor to, uh, feel free to DM me on Instagram, Facebook, anything like that. I'll leave links. Right. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.